I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio so far uh, at the Valley as we look ahead to Saturday's home game with uh, Southend United is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Lonely. Yeah, lonely. Very lonely. This you're is what, a... what it must be like to be you all the time over that side. Of yeah, your, your right-hand man, Nathan Muller, is yet to show up. Yeah. Uh, and we will be giving him detention when he does turn up late. Uh, apparently his job is more important than Charlton Live, which I I've, I just can't Nonsense. get into that mindset, to be honest, no. Tom. I mean, that, you would never do such a thing. No chance. Never have, never will. Exactly. Um, how, how are you? Have you enjoyed your, your week so far? It's all right. Yeah, I was just saying to you there, I didn't realise Patrick Barrow had been sent off last week till uh, you mentioned it on Sunday's show. So that shows how much attention I paid to last week's game <laughs> but yeah it's been all right looking forward to this weekend and being back home for a game at the valley so yeah exactly all yeah. right so on tonight's show um we will be uh hearing from lee Bowyer, of course the, the boss had his press day earlier on today uh he talked about the potential of trying to pick up some unattached players or a striker a free agent if he wants to try and bolster his front line so we're going to hear from him uh, what he had to say on that we'll have a few little bits of general chit chat then we're going to hear from igor vetekeli the striker made his uh, long-awaited return to action up at fleetwood last week so we're going to hear from him uh, and his hopes for a new contract as well saturday is football versus homophobia day here at the valley so i caught up with rob harris from the proud valiance to find out a little bit more We'll hear that later on in the show then. And of course, we will concentrate on the South End game. Nick Alaka from BBC Radio Essex lets us know what we can expect from Chris Powell's team. And then Lee Bayer as well will provide an injury update ahead of the game as we try to put right last weekend's defeat up at Fleetwood Town. Now, of course, uh, this time last week, it was transfer deadline day. We had uh, Richard Corley on uh, on the phone giving us all the latest. And it turned out he was... Uh, uh, well, he was right, he was right that we were trying to get one over the line, but of course we never did, unfortunately. So uh, who'd have thought this time last week when we were talking about saying we hope we get a striker before the end of the show that the, the the show the next week we still haven't really got one. Of course, Josh Parker came in, but no like for like replacement for Carlin Grant. So Lee Bayer has said he's going to be uh, looking around in the uh, in the free agent market. He's going to be trawling through the unattached players to try and find a hidden gem. We're looking we're looking in the free agent as an option. Obviously, we was doing that in the first place anyway because we didn't have any money to spend. So we, we had to look in that area and there's been one or two just became more available now as free agents and we're asking the questions. Um, but again, it'll have to suit both parties. So it's not just our decision, you know, the, the lad would obviously have to want to come but we are we are asking questions and and seeing if there's anyone out there that's, that's going to improve us if they're not going to improve us there's no point in coming in Are you close or anything? Uh, not at the moment no it's just been a couple of conversations with, with someone that's became 
a free agent. So, uh, and obviously people are putting names forward to us all the time now because they obviously know our situation. But like I said, it has to, has to improve us. Um, it has to be the right person, otherwise there's, there's just no point. Lee Bowyer there. So good news that we are going to be looking in the free agent market. It's one that a lot of fans have hoped that we would be trying to find a little bit of magic in. Uh, is there a free agent walking in right now? There is, is it? a free agent yeah. walking in right now. Uh, here he is. Right, okay. But, um, I mean, if if there is one out there that can improve us, it would make sense. Here we go. Hello. Here he is. Better late than never. That's nice though. little backdrop there, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Sit down, Nave. We're, we're live on air here. You're live on Charlton Live. Please do not swear. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, we just, uh, where the hell have you been? On the southeastern train, which explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, are you all right? Are you well? Yeah, living the dream. Yeah, did you run? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> right, well, that's a bit of work for me to do after the show, <laughs> the podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Turns up late and starts swearing, blimey. Right. So, I'm uh, sorry, everyone. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> we're, talk- we're talking about free agents. <laughs> uh, we just heard from Lee Bowyer there, Nathan. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you're you're clearly not fit enough to, to be considered. <laughs> no, I think I think Gary Dockett's got more pace than me, I think. <laughs> yeah. Even now. But uh, yeah, no, it took a while. But um, yeah, I don't know. If I've, I've, I've read, um, listened to Bo's uh, post-match. I don't know whether names have been knocking around, but I think we need, we need some, though, surely. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the names that we've seen mentioned today, then Joe Mason, uh, mm. one that's uh, released by Wolves, I think it was, uh, although he has been linked with Plymouth. Is that the um, Cardiff striker? Is yeah, I think, Cardiff? He, I think he's linked with Cardiff as well. Um, back in the day, he played for him. Um, Jay, uh, Jay Simpson, oh. something that someone mentioned last week, actually, as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, I guess when, when you are now sort of... Uh, sort of uh, Rumbling around in the uh, in in the uh, rejects bin. bin, yeah. Yeah, there's always there's always. I mean, you, you have to find the right player. And Lee Bayer said himself, he's not going to pick up a body just for the sake of it. Yeah, and I think that's the right thing to do. And that's been his policy with every signing he's made. And you'd argue the majority of them have been good ones. So I understand the theory. I think my concern is that we we do need a body up there. Um, and I think, like you've said there, we're not going to find that perfect player now, no matter how hard you look, because we've left it so late. But there probably are some some players that we can bring in who will get us through to the end of the season, maybe get five or six goals between now and the end. We're not going to get a replacement for Carlin now. Uh, that's just not going to happen. But if we can get someone in who can at least do that, um, that still fits Bowyer's mantra of improving the side. Um, and, and that's got to be a positive. In the meantime, we need to focus on, on Igor getting back to full fitness. Lyle's obviously going to be back soon, so... You'd think they're going to be starting either way, and, and Josh Parker obviously weighing in as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. We we do need a body, but it does have to be the right person. Yeah, and um, also, I mean, the, the likelihood is we'll be offering them a six-month contract, the same we've done with, with Josh Parker, the same, of course, that we've done with uh, Johnny Williams. Now, to some players, that might that might be a bit of a turn-off. So, have we said with Joe Mason, I saw. Um, Chris Errington from the Plymouth Herald reporting that, that Plymouth have offered him a contract beyond the end of this season and it's his hometown I believe it's his home club so he may look at them and think well that's a team where I've got more security although you know he may look at Charlton a team that's fighting at the right end of the table rather than Plymouth who've uh, you know, definitely had a, a really poor start to the campaign. It, it depends what we can what we can offer someone is a a chance to be in the shop window. It probably will be a short contract, but also a chance to be in a part of a team that's actually doing quite well. Yeah, I think um, whoever we do get in is going to be in a similar situation to Pat if you're in a win-win situation, aren't you? If we end up doing well and going up, he's got a choice of either, you know, he'll be settled here for six months, he could stay on, or like you say, if we don't make it up, 
he can either stay with us or he can go better things or he can go to Plymouth. So even though security for him um, would be better to have a longer contract, I mean, no, you know, Plymouth aren't going to make the playoffs unless they do something crazy. But, uh, or you, I mean, personally, if I was in that position, I'd rather fight for promotion and then mm. assess the situation at the end of the year. So it's yeah. not like he's going to be short of, t- short of clubs, is he? No, well, no, we'll see. Right, um, Martin says, oi, oi, Nathan just threw an F-bomb on him on Tolton Live literally seconds after Louis said, doing live, don't swear, I'm literally oh, crying here. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that was a, a real uh, liberty take, that was. Which one, Martin Flynn or Martin uh, the Taxi? Mark, Mark the Taxi, yeah, yeah. he's, uh, he's uh, disgusted by your potty mouth. He's, I assume he's crying sad tears there because he's disgusted at your behaviour on the show. Paul Glover saying, I'm free, uh, judging by the football tournament in the summer, I'm better than Mendes as well. Yeah, uh, notoriously, uh, Paul Glover. tackle on him. Yeah, notoriously, Ooh. I was Tackled by Paul Glover nice. uh, uh, during the game, which was a, a, bit, a bit of a letdown. And then Martin does say Joe Mason or Jay Simpson have got to be the favourites. Uh, if not, Mikhail Kennedy might be worth a gamble. The boy knows where the goal is, of course, still in the youth team. I know he scored a couple scored today. The other day, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, was it today? A, I think it's today he's scored a couple. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been out, was it an ACL? I think he had. Or he certainly had a bad injury that kept him out for well over a year. And since he's come back into 23s, he's actually grabbed a couple of goals, which is good to see. So who knows? I mean, the, the way things go at this club, he, he may even get that. Um, that that option to to have a go as well. So um, what we're talking about there, Lee Bayer said he will look around in the unattached players. The only thing, uh, Darren Bent has been ruled out by uh, Richard Corley, um, and, and probably by <laughs> and Darren Bent, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably by most physicians as well. Yeah. If you look at the size of him, um, I mean, he might he he, he is massive. <laughs> he didn't look he didn't look that fit against those over forty five no, at that really, tournament. That super six uh, yeah, was. yeah. So uh, yeah, well, I think we'll draw a line. Don't ne- never go back. That's what I always say. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> imagine if our, we have Darren Bent playing quality in the Premier League, then he comes back fifteen years later in League One, get, yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, well, get yeah. as well. Gets mi- mixed up with Brian Cole on a on a touchline <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, I don't think it's going to be right. Um, some other interesting quotes that came out from Lee Bayer uh, during today was that he said uh, to the South London Press, uh, Richard Corley said, um, if Joe Rebo hadn't been injured during the transfer window, the like he may well have had bids coming in for him. Now we saw what happened with Carlin. He may well have had his head turned. Uh, contract is up at the end of the season, so. In a way, perhaps a blessing in disguise that Joe Rebo was injured. Yeah, and I, I, I thank whoever landed on him on his knee. Fossil, I think it was, in training, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good job um, we weren't Darren Bent, his career would have been over. Yeah, bounced off him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was, uh, you know, as, as much as gutting as it has been, and I think you've noticed when he's when he's not playing, Joe. Um, yeah, maybe it was a little blessing in disguise that, you know, he wasn't fit, because I think that I was expecting him more to go in January more than Carlin for me and um, it's a good thing he hasn't because I think he offers a, he's improved so much and at least we've got him till the summer at least a bit gutting that he's not available for Saturday but I just think he's come on leaps and bounds and he's in, he, he offers us so much more in terms of composure in that middle since Jake got his injury so mm. big blow but um, hopefully getting fit as possible it's interesting as well Lee Bay said he's been a massive miss for us but I mean actually in the in the central midfield it's probably one of the few areas where we're we're pretty well stocked at the moment isn't it yeah and and like Nath says he's obviously going to be a big miss because he's a quality player but we've got so many options in there and I'm sure when he gets back to full fitness <clears throat> he'll be one of those players that's one of the first on the team sheet but in the meantime you look at who we've got in there like Cullen and Reeves and uh, Johnny Williams and, and Fosu, even though he's a little bit out of form. And then you've got the likes of Lapsley and Morgan coming through. I mean, these are players that we've talked about week in, week out because our midfield has so much depth. <clears throat> it's been up front that's been the problem. 
particularly since Garland's left, although that has only been one game. Um, but when either of those have been out injured or suspended as well, we've looked a little bit toothless. But that midfield is strong and remains strong. And I imagine, as uh, Bo says, Bielik will have to drop back into defence at the weekend. But we've still got so many players that can play in there that we're not short of options, which is great. But mm. uh, it, despite that, Aribo is still a big miss. Another player who's in, in that ticking time bomb of uh, ones yeah. who hasn't got a contract sorted at the end of the season, though. Which one's that? Joe Aribo. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. And... <laughs> I don't know. How many players will we actually have if everyone, no one signed? About 12, isn't it? I think somebody said. Really? Or is it less? Yeah, somebody said, and it was not, not many. We're, we're, next year, we're entering the same six aside tournament that Darren Bent was playing <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> well, it happened to Blackpool the other year. We now had like four people to yeah. have a pre season. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopefully something's in the pipeline because, um, yeah, if we lose him on a three, I mean, mm. I think that'd be the end of. My hope, I think, because <laughs> it would just be like... No longer just living one the up. dream. Yeah, it was just like, we'll, be, we'll end up getting bent back, Doherty, Pringle, we'll get them all back, won't we? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, hopefully get something get sorted. But I suppose this say something about contracts there. Some are moving and stuff, like deals and stuff, but we just have to wait and see, I suppose, won't we? Yeah, it is what it is, I think, is the, uh, the, the catchphrase we're going for there. A tweet came in from uh, Liam. He said, uh, relying on freebies again, in, wor- in the words of the great man, F that, Nathan. <laughs> so at least you've been described as a great man in this case. Um, uh, no, I mean, I've been called worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you will do as soon as we go off air, mate. <laughs> When I, when, I, when I start my disciplinary procedure. <laughs> uh, now, and, another thing, of course, is coming up on Saturday. Always nice to see a returning hero coming back. Um, uh, Chrissy Powell, manager of South. And it's weird now. It's sort of like it's, it's the third time he's come back now as a manager. Obviously, we've played him away at their place as well. So it's, it is now we just give him a little clap and send him on his way, hopefully with no points as well. But it is, it is always nice to see him coming back and adds adds a little bit of extra something to that to that fixture for, for some people. Definitely. Uh, I think for most people because he's... Uh... He's the word legend gets used so much, especially in sport. But he really is a Charlton legend, not only as a player, but then what he did as a manager as well. And you're not going to forget that. Obviously, on on Saturday, as soon as the whistle blows, you want Charlton to smash him um, and get all three points, like they did when he first came back here with Huddersfield. But he deserves uh, a huge reaction because what he did for this club at a time that was, at the time, one of the darkest periods. Although that might have been overtaken now, but we were really struggling. And you know the interviews he gave at points after talking about just how obsessed we were with the fact that we'd been in the Premier League and he managed to clear it all out and start from afresh. He, you, you know what he's done here and he deserves all that praise. And, and as I say, I'm sure he'll get a brilliant reaction when he comes out. But as soon as the whistle goes, it's just another game and, mm. and we need to beat them. So Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it, when he comes back? He, he, I'm sure we'll get messages on, on Sunday saying, oh, I was a bloody love him for Chris Powell. Mm. Despite the fact that he'll get a clap, <laughs> then everyone will be cheering if we beat him at the, yeah. at the end of the day as well. But it will be nice to see him. He's actually... Don't know, not having the greatest of seasons down at Southenders. We'll hear from uh, Nick Alica from BBC Radio Essex later on. Now, someone who is managerially having a very good season is, of course, Lee Bowyer. And it's the third time that we've got to say this on a Thursday show. And the third time will also be out of date by the Friday morning when most people listen to it because <laughs> he gets announced on a Friday morning. But um, Bowyer's up for man of the, manager of the month again. Um, unlikely to get it, we think, this this month with Derek Adams of Plymouth. Mick Harford from Luton, who's done an amazing job. Stuart McCourt's gunning as well. But it just shows that... I, I said it last week as well. We sort of get carried away with the fact that because we've had a difficult end to the transfer window and we've now had a defeat as well against Fleetwood Town, it is easy to forget that we are actually having quite a good season in the circumstances in particular. Yeah, of course. And I think <clears throat> what Bose has done throughout the whole season has been brilliant. You look at the budgets 
in comparative to say Sunderland, who's just spent four million on someone. Um, I think yeah, throughout the season he's he's done amazing, and um, I hope I don't I hope he doesn't get in or be honourable. But I think the last time we didn't we lose last time he won it. Isn't it the curse of yeah? This? Last time he came here, yeah. um, last time he he won it. Yeah, I think we lost did, the next game. Did we lose like Scott, was it Scunthorpe? Or I remember losing. Yeah, maybe yeah it was something like that. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully we don't. Cause, um, it's just the curse, isn't it? Well, it's a myth, but it always <laughs> seems to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Now, perhaps more surprisingly, um, I don't mean this, you know, no offence to, uh, uh, no disrespect, uh, Nathan. As you, <laughs> it's a good job you weren't disrespecting people this week, but you're effing and blinding. I know, I was very apologetic on yeah, Sunday, wasn't yeah. I? Yeah, uh, Ben Purrington has been nominated for the PFA Player of the Month Award. Now, mm. uh, up against James Collins from Luton, Andy Cook from Walsall, Ruben Lemires from uh, Plymouth, Alex Mowat from Barnsley, and uh, Matthew Pearson from Luton Town. Now, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's he's done anything wrong, but it did. It, it sort of surprised me slightly because he hasn't really jumped off the page. He's he's been a solid left back, which is exactly what we've needed. But he hasn't really, you know, he hasn't slalomed from the left back position and, and uh, sent one into the top corner just yet. Has he? Not yet. He hasn't. No. But give him time. But um, I think he's come in and done exactly what we've asked. He's a he's a functional left back. He does that job very well, and it's his specialist position, which is, we just didn't have anyone there. Um, but yeah, I, he's not. He's not set the world alight, and it's difficult to do that in that position. But you think back to the likes of Jada Silva, who we had last year. I don't know if he ever got nominated for it. And you think of him tearing up the pitch and taking players on, and he's got little tricks and flicks and, and pace. He seemed to offer a lot more versatility in that position. Again, that's no disrespect to Ben Purrington, because he's done his job pretty well, um, and it's good that we've got him in. But, yeah, it is a strange one. You'd argue likes of Naby Sarr in defence, if you're going to pick out a defender for standout performances over the last month, you'd think he would be more likely to get it. So it's a strange one, but but good luck to him, I guess. Mm. And the more important role, in fact, in what he's playing is actually just giving that balance to the defence again with Solly being able to go over to the right-hand side. Um, it, it just it just makes us look a bit more comfortable. You know, the goal the goal we conceded at Fleetwood was the first one we conceded in four and a half games almost. Um, so, so we have looked a lot more solid at the back now. Yeah, he's he's come in and like Tom said, he's he's just a, a standard. I mean, I think Wally Downs come in and and he did say, you know, he'll give you a seven out of ten every week, which you know he's done. I, don't, I mean, for his nomination, maybe it's because he's come from Wimbledon to a top six side, had a few clean sheets. But like Tom said, uh, I think the whole defensive's earned it. But yeah, the balance has definitely improved. Um, I know Nabs made made a couple of appearances out there for like thirty seconds against Wimbledon or whatever, but. Yeah, I think he's definitely brought that balance and we look a lot more in control of games. I think sometimes when Solly was cutting on his right, and understandably so, we just, it was just so easy to read from a defensive point of view. So we know he's not going to be, like Tom said, about like the silver and you know just running down that wing. But you know he is what it is. He does what he says on the 10, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah. hopefully he wins it. But I, I mean, those names you've got in there, are some James Collins for one, will probably win it for me. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still to come, we're going to hear from Igor Vettikali on his return to the uh, the first team action. Uh, in a few moments' time, we're going to hear from Rob Harris from the Proud Valiance with uh, Saturday's game designated as the football versus homophobia game. Then we're going to hear from Nick Allica from BBC Radio Essex, who's going to tell us all about the Shrimpers ahead of their visit to the Valley on Saturday. And then Lee Bay will give us the latest injury update. We'll be back here on Charlton Live in 30 seconds. the crossbar twice in the space of two minutes well space of a minute actually uh, again with rebar, I think. was it a rebo? I think so yeah 
Ball into the box again. Again, it's a tight one. Again, it drops this time. It drops to Solly. And now, Chris Solly has equalised. Get in now. And Chara are back on level terms. The dropping ball struck by Chris Solly. Buried into the right-hand side of the keeper. And Charlton are back on level terms. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. I've just given Nathan a beating for his swearing on air. Uh, we, we don't allow that in this studio. I'm just so disappointed, Nathan, that you, A, you turn up late, and B, you start swearing all over the, all over the gaff. Sounds like, sound like my mother. <laughs> Hello, Mum, is that you? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I, again, no, I, I'm sorry. No. That's right. That's right. <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy your time on Charlton Live, by the way? I did, yes. This is your last show. Is this anyway. my P45 time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid. <laughs> oh, I've let one go. Sorry, <laughs> ruining everything tonight <laughs> right uh, let's hear from Igor Vetekele of course with uh, Lyle Taylor uh, still out suspended with Carlin Grant gone uh, there, there's a lot of spaces to fill up top at the moment <laughs> Igor Vetekele uh, came back into action uh, during the defeat up at Fleetwood Town on Saturday after I think it was 11 weeks out with his shoulder uh, injury despite the result of course we lost one there he was pleased to get back into the thick of things after his layoff yeah it felt good to be a uh back on the pitch um, I was out for 11 weeks so I'm um, coming from far but um, doing my best to get back now as fast as possible and um, yeah a little bit that we lost the game today but uh, we're going to work hard and uh, hopefully next week we can uh, come in again Is it, Are you back a little bit earlier than you thought you would be given the, uh, the extent of your injury? Yeah yeah they told me it was going to take uh, 12, 13 weeks, uh, but I got back after 11 weeks. On, on Tuesday, I played uh, under 23 games. Um, but yeah, I'm good with, uh, with the way the, the injury went. But you were desperate to come on today, but uh, in better circumstances also, I guess. I mean, the pitch probably wasn't, uh, wasn't great for a player like yourself, but uh, getting time on, on the pitch must be at least uh, uh, what you were hoping for. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good step to get um, some minutes under the belt and um, I'm going to keep on working to, to get that fitness and that sharpness back so that I can uh, try and help the team. And for you personally, obviously Carlin leaving, um, leaves that bit, a bit of a gap up top with, uh, with Lyle. It'll be a, a place you're looking to take, I guess. I'll do my best. I'll do my best anyway, yeah. That's why I'm here for, um, for 
unfortunately Conor left us, but um, yeah, we got Trust who came in also, and uh, yeah, we're going to compete again for the for the positions. And the fans, you know, um, I say love you, and uh, I bet you're hoping to get back to the scoring form that uh, made you such a, a darling of the, of the Valley crowd. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to to get back to my old form and uh, give them something back. Yeah. And um, what would be your take on the season? Then uh, I mean, a setback today. Still in the top six, of course, uh, and you'll be hopeful with the rest of the side that we can still get that promotion. Yeah, there's still 15 games left, so um, now it's all about getting as much, as much points as possible, and um, yeah, and we'll see at the end of the season. Okay, well, tough luck, David. Congratulations on getting back. Thank you. So, with your, your long spell out, was it was it quite difficult? I know Josh, Josh Cullen had the same injury, and he said it, it can be quite frustrating when you're on the sidelines for such a long amount of time. It is, it is. Um, I had a different operation than Joshua. Mine took a little bit longer and it was frustrating in the, in the beginning. First five weeks, I think I could barely do something. And um, yeah, you just feel useless actually. And uh, that's why I'm glad to be back now. And just looking ahead beyond the end of this season, because your contract's coming to an end, but it seems like you and your family are quite settled in, in London. Have you decided? Have you thought about what you would like to do personally at, at the end of the year? Uh, I'm open for anything, but I won't lie, my family... They, He's enjoying London and me too, so uh, we'll see how it will be. Would you like to say it, John, if it was possible? If it's possible, yeah, we can, we can always discuss it. Yeah. There we go, Igor Vettikele saying he would love to stay at Charlton beyond the end of his current contract. Now, whether he gets offered a new one it is, will be a different story because, as you can uh, imagine, he joined the club uh, when we were in a championship club and we were throwing money in around willy-nilly, if you, if you excuse the uh, coarse language, uh, Nathan. <laughs> um, now, so... If he were to stay, I dare say he'd have to negotiate a little bit of a a lighter contract. Mm. And it's it's down to how much he wants to disrupt that family. He's just had another baby. Or a yeah, baby congratulations! As well, yeah, the baby so, the baby arrived yesterday. Congratulations yeah. to Igor and to Sarah. So um, you'd think with that family, you know, there's that balance between not wanting to unsettle them, making sure he gets a, a wage that he feels happy with the club that he wants to be at. So there's a number of things that he's got to think about, as a lot of players do. Um, I'd like him to stay but he just needs to find that form and, and he's never really found it again since the injury and it's a shame because when he did first come in he really looked like a dangerous championship player and the fact he hasn't really been able to and I know he's been a bit stop start it's been so frustrating and I'm sure it has for him as well but with the Carlin going and at the moment no real striker coming back in if he could get seven or eight games in a row and play then maybe he can play his way back into form That the issue for us is that we haven't really got the time to allow a player to do that because we're in the hunt for the playoffs and we need people to hit the ground running and we need goals from, from players that are playing. So I don't know, if Bose has got the time to bed him in, then then maybe he can find that form. Uh, and if he does, then I, I'd like him to stay. Mm, yeah, glove up to it. And his Igor, uh, Nathan Muller in disguise after he swore in his interview as well. But I knew that was coming, so I'd already bleeped it out. I mean, you, you really are a bad, you set a bad example, don't you? To the playing <laughs> stuff. I mean, Igor knew what was coming on Saturday, so he swore just in, in advance because he knew what you were going to do, Nathan. Um, his performances, obviously, since when, when he first arrived at the club, compared to now, he's had his injury problems and they've really been a, a massive setback to him. And, it's difficult to say what he needs to do to find that form that he had four years ago because if if we can get him back to that those performances that he was showing when he was first here I mean he could be a massive asset especially if he does get the game time now as Tom was sort of saying yeah I think if I think back to you know his first game against Brentford um, I remember standing there thinking oh we've got a little player here and then um, and then he (laughs) and then uh, and then he sort of broke down with his Achilles and then 
you could tell he wasn't fit, but and he was being played. And then I think I think I'm sure it was Luton he played away with Lyle, and yeah, I thought he had a good game. Um, like he's he's built he's helped he's he's built up play and that sort of stuff, and then he broke down again. So I think it's key, like Tom said, if he gets an amount of games, he should be a good asset. He's definitely on his day, he's too good for this league, mm. but he's so far away in terms of fitness and sharpness. Is 15 games enough? I mean, even if you get, like Tom said, if you get give him seven, eight games and he builds up, you've, you're halfway through the remainder left of the season. So it's going to be hard. But yeah, for sure, if he's if he gets fit quickly and he has this mini pre-season, as uh, Bose put it, then yeah, he can be an asset for um, sure. Do, do you think if he was able to have a run of games this season without the injuries that, we, that we've seen him have, um, then now that he is more settled in London with his wife and, and his kids and... You know that that can be a big part for a player. We saw with Naby Sarr. You know the, the the difference between how Naby Sarr was when he was first here and he was uncomfortable in a strange country, didn't know what was going on in a difficult level of football as well. To to where he is now, and if I were conf- maybe I should speak to Nabs and find out what the secret is to get to, to to become so much more relaxed at the club and then let his football do the talking after that. Uh, yeah, I, and it's going to be a huge part of of his decision. Uh, obviously, it comes down to us actually offering him a contract in the first place. But there is a lot of factors and. It's easy for for us on the sidelines to sit there and think that 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 choice is easy, but I'm sure it isn't. And especially when, as you say, he's come over from another country and he's had to settle here. You hear so many times about that not working out with players all across the the football pyramid. So it does seem like he's settled. It does seem like he he likes the club. Uh, I think the fans have still got a lot of love for him um, and just kind of want him to succeed. He's not someone who we're too frustrated with or have turned on um, which has happened with other players and the the frustrating thing as we've both said is he, he needs a chance and he needs time and I'm not sure whether we can give him that time towards the end of the season but he might not need it if he comes in and plays a couple of games and scores in those games and finds that confidence then maybe uh, maybe he can kick on and do well towards the end of this season but as I said at the start I'd, I'd very much like him to stay Tempted to give him a start on Saturday, just just because needs must in a way. I mean, Rico struggled, struggled up at Fleetwood, and uh, obviously Josh Parker came on and was okay for for twenty five minutes or so. Yeah, uh, I'd probably I'd probably just still stick Josh up there on his own. Uh, he's had a week's training, and well, I, I don't know Eagles how fit he is now, but I think if he's off the pace, I don't think it's he's not really going to offer much, and you're going to have to end up wasting a sub on him anyway. So. Um, I'd probably start with Josh, but you never know. You might Bowyer might surprise us all and play both of them. You never know. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Right, let's have another quick break here on Charlton Live. When we come back, still plenty of stuff uh, to talk about. We're going to hear from Rob Harris uh, from the Proud Valiants up next. Williams exchange passes. Williams drifts past his man, born in the box. It's an awkward one. Taylor controls. Taylor trying to pass it back to Prattley. Oh, 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 Taylor Prattley! What a strike from the Charlton midfielder on the edge of the box. Touchdown by Lyle Taylor. And Darren Prattley unleashes a hell of a strike. Pass Arnold down to his left. Could do nothing about that one. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here, the big match preview on Maritime Radio, looking ahead to Saturday's home game with South England. I just had a tweet come in from Dean uh, saying, Igor Vitekele is a quality player with Lyle's form, there's no reason why Igor can't 
uh, start banging in goals immediately. Because that's another thing. Like again, we, we've said it for Josh Parker. I mean, if Igor gets to play up top alongside Lyle Taylor, there's no reason why he won't bring uh, Igor into the game. I remember that partnership he had with Tony Watt. It was a great partnership, and when they were setting up chances for each other, they were scoring. So if he can get into a, a good solid partnership as well, then that could help his game as well. Mm, get himself a move to Huddersfield if he's lucky. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, that is a long way to go <laughs> when you've just had a kid. Uh, right, Saturday uh, here at the Valley, the game has been designated as the football versus homophobia uh, game uh, against Southend. Uh, so I caught up with Rob Harris uh, from the Proud Valiance, the Charlton Athletic LGBT Supporters uh, Club, uh, to find out a little bit more. The Saturday match is really, really important. Uh, this year, football versus homophobia is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Um, and at Charlton, we've got so many events happening to actually celebrate diversity uh, within the sport. Uh, we've got penalty kickouts at the start, uh, rainbow-coloured uh, flags on the uh, corner flags. We've also got uh, on-screen interviews, uh, and then the match is going to be followed by a post-reception uh, where we'll have a number of speakers, including... Um, Paul Mortimer, who last year became our patron. Um, and the events are happening up and down the country. They're really important because they keep issues around homophobia and sport in the, the, the limelight, um, especially at Charlton. You know, for us, it's really important if there's a young guy or girl who are trying to come to terms with their sexuality, or for example, you know, maybe a trans member who doesn't feel comfortable uh, coming to the Valley uh, as who they are rather than their birth name. You know, events like this show that they're not alone, that there are people there that, you know, there are people that can speak to. Um, and it's something that we're really, you know, excited about getting involved with the club with. Obviously, the, the Proud Valiants have been going for a few years now. I think back in 2015 they were launched. Um, so you must be pleased with the, the progress that the group is make, making. I noticed uh, before the Peterborough game, there was, there was a meet-up with uh, the opposite numbers from Peterborough and, of course, nominated for a Football Supporters Federation Award just before Christmas as well. So the group seems to be going from strength to strength. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, last year was an amazing year uh, for us. We had our uh, football versus homo- uh, homophobia tournament during this, uh, this uh, off-season where we even had, I believe you came along to play for. Yeah. Uh, we had some um, just amazing events last year. Uh, we're also going to be very proud to be uh, giving the inaugural uh, Fans for Diversity Awards to somebody this Saturday. Uh, it's something that we've uh, had long chats with the uh, Football uh, Supporters Federation about launching a new award for people that have made... Um, special uh, stances within the sport against homophobia. And we're really proud that we're going to be presenting the first one. Um, And yeah, last year was amazing. It ended up with us going and, you know, being nominated for an award. Sadly, we didn't win it. We're going to this year. Um, But yeah, no, it it was just a terrific year. And as I say, us going from strength to strength. And all we, you know, the people we have to thank this is the club, the players, the manager, but also all the fans. The fans, you know, have been absolutely amazing. Uh, and the support we've had from you guys too. You know, it, it really means a lot to us. And it's it's up to 55 members now, the group. So the fact that there is such a big community have come together for this shows that you know, LGBT people have always been going to football. And I guess it's attitudes changing over the years will mean that more and more will want to come 
in the in the future as well yeah i mean definitely i mean we're up to 55 members um i would say you know from what i know uh 30 about 32 of them identify as somewhere on the lgbtqi uh spectrum um you know, football has, you know, the Valley has always been a welcoming venue for people to come to, you know, but I think now people know that, you know, they should feel safe safe in stadiums. They should feel that they can come and be themselves and, you know, enjoy the match. I mean, ultimately, when it boils down to it, we're all there for the same reason. We're there because we love Charlton. We want to see Charlton get promoted this year. Um, and, you know, it's it's really, you know, football is a sport for all and it should be welcoming to all. And, you know, um, the work we do with Proud Valiance and, you know, the work that their organisations doing up and down the country, you know, will eventually mean that a stadium is a place that everyone can come and feel friendly. There we go, Rob Harris from the Proud Valiance. Uh, really, really nice chap. Um, we've uh, we've met him hundreds of times. He uh, he's he's been on the show a couple of times as well before to talk about the Proud Valiance and uh, yeah, growing in membership, fifty five members. Uh, the, the same night that we were nominated for the podcast award with the Football Supporters Federation, they were nominated uh, for an award around uh, the field of diversity. Uh, I think it was Spurs who won their category, mm-hmm. but again, just to be nominated uh, was obviously really good and shows the good work that. That they're doing and and like I say 55 members in in a few years is, is actually quite impressive considering you know you start from nothing and it's just means that there's now 55 extra people who know that there's no reason why they couldn't come to the football and just be themselves yeah exactly I think um obviously Robert Pride Valence and you know and Gary at the Charlton and Victor they're making huge strides in in terms of getting the awareness out there and it's proven to be a big success and and it's obviously showed out with the awards they're getting nominated for and Tottenham won, won the award there. But look at the size of Tottenham and, you know, the backing they've got and, the, you know, Robin, you know, everyone involved has done absolute magnificent stuff. And obviously, hopefully it continues to grow and be a huge success. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully as well in the summer, they'll be doing another football versus homophobia game. <laughs> Uh, so we can get get to strut our stuff on the value pitch again. So you, so you can take out glove pump. Yeah, yeah glove pump's <laughs> on that pitch. I'm two footing in straight away because so he, he, ta- he tackled me, and embarrassed me at the, the game last season. And I, yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fancy myself as quite like I reckon if I was a free yeah, agent, like Ben Parrington. Yeah, it? but I reckon I could come out, come out, just be a bit steady. But no, glove pump ruined ruined my career, and I wasn't I wasn't pleased with that. Right, let's have a. Look ahead now. I think it's time to start gearing up. Saturday, uh, Chris Powell's South End to come into the Valley uh, to take on the Bayer side. Obviously, Charlton looking to get back to winning ways after the one 0 defeat at home to, uh, oh, sorry, away to Fleetwood on Saturday. Uh, I spoke to Nick Alica from BBC uh, Radio Essex. You'll recognise him from the background of any goal we score at, at Roots Hall. You can just hear him shouting in the background. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a really good chap. Uh, Nick uh, knows his stuff. He knows the Blues. He's been covering them for years and years. So I caught up with him on the phone during the week to find out what we can expect from uh, the Shrimpers on Saturday. South End season thus far has been really good or really poor. They've done nothing in between. They've had so few draws, it's incredible. The lowest in the division. But they've won some good games, scored some really good goals. You might have seen that Charlie Kelman, the little 17-year-old who came on for Blues a couple of weeks ago on his league debut, scoring from his own half. They've scored a few goals, just scuffed them in. But they've also missed some, and they haven't been performing well in front of goal. Sometimes the strikers are struggling. But... uh, 
Consistently inconsistent is probably the uh, couple of words to sum up South in season so far, and that's why they find themselves in mid-table at the moment. Yeah, because I see they went they went through a stage of nine games in the league of winning one and then losing the next. So I yeah. guess uh, Chris Powell struggling to find that 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 formula to keep them going over and over. Yeah, it was it was an incredible little sequence, and with three points being for the victory. It doesn't make it a disaster as far as the Blues are concerned with regards to uh, that particular sequence. Had it been in the good old days when uh, I remember first covering football, you just got the two points for a win, they might have struggled a touch. But yeah, because they get the three points for the win, it is meant they are where they are in the division. That said, they don't want any more defeats, to be honest. They don't want to go on a little run because they will be looking over their shoulders. And that is the concern from South and United, from the players, from the fans, and indeed from the uh, manager. I was speaking to him on BBC Essex just the other day, Chris Powell, and he was genuinely saying they've got to take care not to get dragged into that relegation fight. And that is what the fear is among some of the supporters. If they can't get a little positive run going, they'll be on a negative run, and that will mean them being dragged into the lower reaches of the League One table. Mm, because it's surprisingly tight in that bottom half of League One, and despite being in 12th, they are only six points above the relegation zone. It sounded like the game against Bristol Rovers on uh, on, on Saturday as well, obviously against a team that's struggled to uh, perform so far this season. It sounds like that was a particularly disappointing one. Yeah, they had a couple of uh, poor results at home of South End United. They were beaten by high-flying Luton Town, possibly as you'd expect, but it was a lack of fight that really disappointed the uh, Roots Hall faithful. And then last time out on Saturday at Roots Hall in the 2-1 defeat against uh, Bristol Rovers, they started really, really slowly, got back into the game a bit, but then just couldn't uh, get an equaliser, which they so desperately uh, wanted. And Bristol Rovers, as you say, they're a side struggling at the wrong end of the table. They were just one off the uh, bottom at the start of play on uh, Saturday. But they came to Roots Hall, managed now by the former South United assistant, Graham Coughlin, and uh, took home the full three points back down to the West Country. South End need to find a win from somewhere, or even a draw. The Blues faithful, who have not seen many draws whatsoever, what was it? Two draws throughout the season, one away, one at home. Maybe sneak a point at the weekend and just try and get a little bit of momentum going. They have, though, been undone by injuries. And uh, some of the fans are upset by to keep talking about injuries for South and United. But to key players, they have been injured for long term. And that means... The manager, Chris Powell, has struggled to get a really settled 11 going. And because they're missing the top quality striker, as in Tom Hopper, just to use an example, they that means they're not pushing at the right end of the table. And how do the fans down there view Chris Powell? Because, of course, he's a, a Charlton legend, but he had a long playing career at Southend as well. So are they pleased with the job he's done so far? Yeah, back in the day, he was a South End United legend, probably still is a South End United legend, to be honest with you. Played uh, so, so many matches, several hundred for uh, South End United in his uh, playing days. Great defender, really good quality player. Remember watching him play for uh, the Blues and uh, did superbly. Had a lot of success with uh, South End United. He's come back to the uh, club now, just celebrated his uh, first anniversary. He's got a 
quite decent win percentage uh, for Southend United over recent managers. That said, there are one or two supporters, and probably more than that, to be brutally honest, that are just raising questions about where the club's going this particular season. Well, I'd suggest they're going mid-table, and that's probably good news as far as the uh, team is concerned this year, what with the uh, injury problems and the uh, like. There are one or two fans that are just grumbling a touch about the decisions that Chris Powell is uh, making with regards to formations and tactics as well. So it's not 100% back, and it has to be said. That said, he's got the deck of cards, and he's trying to play them the best he can. And uh, if they can pick up uh, maybe a success down at Charlton at the weekend, well many of those fans will get back behind him, I'm sure. Yeah, and it'll be interesting looking forward to Saturday when I don't think we want to see a repeat of the Battle of Roots Hall, the game earlier on in the season with the three red cards late on. Yeah, you know, one hopes every face on the pitch. You know, that said, you know, a, a, a good a good competitive match is what you want. Thankfully for Southend United, it's uh, it's a near game as well. It's not a uh, huge journey like we see so much in this division to the uh, northwest. But for the supporters. They would like to come, and I know they are travelling in numbers, they would like to come down to the Valley, get uh, a point at least, and come back home and uh, get going again with the uh, match coming up on uh, Tuesday next uh, next week at uh, Doncaster. But yeah, it is going to be, I think, a battle again, to be brutally honest, and uh, Blue supporters hope they come back with something. And how, how do you think Chris Powell set up? I remember when he was the, the, the Charlton manager, particularly in the Championship, we used to be quite handy away from home. Now, um, Southend, quite true to their formal season, have been inconsistent on the road, six wins and seven defeats. So do you think he'll, he'll set it up and make it quite difficult for Chance to break them down? He has been playing home and away with, uh, and I think this is probably symptomatic of the players that he's actually got left at his disposal, a uh, back five, two wing-backs going forward with the uh, lively Elvis Guimono on one side and Sam Hart, who's recently been brought in on loan from uh, Blackburn Rovers on the other, and three centre-backs, uh, you know, John White, Michael Turner, and the highly influential loanee from Bristol City, Taylor Moore. He's been a real highlight over the last uh, couple of months for uh, Southend United. Behind them is the uh, young goalkeeper, Nathan Bishop, who produced a stunning double save last time out at uh, Rootsall. He's been playing three in the midfield and two up front, uh, the vastly experienced Simon Cox and the uh, recently purchased Stephen Humphreys. And if those two can get together and gel together, I'm sure that'll be all to the good as far as the uh, Blues are concerned. Simon Cox, indeed, has been involved in many, many of Southend United's recent goals. The problem is, though, for Chris Powell and the team, they just haven't been enough. They need to get a few more and try and get going. But I think I don't think he'll be going, uh, you know, to put 10 men behind the uh, ball. I think he'll be going there with good attacking intent and he wants to get off this recent blip of form which has seen them uh, lose the last couple of games. Nick Alica there from BBC Essex uh, telling us what to expect from the Shrimpers. Chris Powell's side on uh, Saturday. Yeah, really, really middling. And it's a weird stat. They're like the uh, the uh, the Tottenham Hotspur of uh, mm. League One with their, their lack of draws. Only two draws all season. So um, hopefully we won't draw with them and we'll get all three points instead. Uh, you'd hope so, yeah. Um, I don't think, like he said there, I don't think it's going to be as lively as the game was at their place, um, particularly the last few minutes. But... Uh, it's a game, again, you'd hope to win. I think they've lost three of their last four. 
Um, but then that win was like a was it four nil? Um, so they've got that result in them, but you'd hope this won't be one of them. Mm. Um, and those three games they've lost, I think, have only been by the odd goal. So I, I personally expect it to be quite close, like it was again at their place. But um, yeah, they're not they're not in brilliant form, and they're a side coming to a place. Not only a club that are in decent form, the last result aside, but also a place where we've been very good. So, um, yeah, with the crowd behind them, yes, Carlin's not here, but I think probably we'll we'll go yeah. on to win the game. I and mean, if we are winning by like a, a goal or a narrow margin, going into injury times, do you think we should bring Tariq Fossey on, get him to nut one of them, <laughs> distract him like he did at the away game? <laughs> Could do, but if he had three games, wouldn't he? And another yeah, but it'd be worth it for the three points, though, wouldn't it? So. Well, saying that I weren't there for the Southend game, I was out to go and watch Aladdin. But um, I know, <laughs> Thanks I know, for that. I know Tom yeah. commentating. I was actually going on Mystics. sticks. It must have been a bit of an experience, but um, yeah. How was Aladdin? Ah, oh, don't get me started. No, not going to swear. Not again. my well, yeah, I <laughs> Not a fan not of the magic fan. carpet. Oh, no, yeah, no. Not, not musicals. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Right, let's, before we get uh, too uh, drawn down with uh, Disney musicals, uh, let, let's get back onto the football now. Of course, we want to look ahead to uh, uh, the game from a Charlton point of view. Uh, Lee Bowyer, of course, happy to get back on the training ground this week as they look to put last week's defeat uh, up at Fleetwood uh, behind them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was never going to criticise them. They're, they've given me everything. And, and Saturday was the same. Um, I thought it was the better side, but it just didn't happen for us. Um, some things just didn't drop our way and, and all go our way. So, yeah, they're human beings, and that happens on the odd occasion. And uh, we can't afford too many more of them. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just glad to be back and a good week's training, and. Um, forward to having two home games because we just had two tough ones two tough away games and uh, we didn't probably didn't get the reward that we deserved on, on both games I think so uh, yeah but we go again and we've worked hard and, and, and now we're ready for Saturday You've had a time to work with uh, Josh Parker in a fixture free week um, is he now familiar in the ways of Charlton? Yeah, he's getting more understanding of, of the way we train, the way we play. Um, we've done a lot of work on Tuesday, long session on Tuesday. And it um, doesn't happen overnight. So, um, but yeah, he, the more he trains with us, the more he'll understand. So, uh, but yeah, he, he'll get fitter and, and better. And, um, and and the more we train, the more we'll understand. Safi's game will be the last you'll be without Lyle before he completes his suspension. I bet you can't wait for his return. Yeah, it seems so long ago now. Um, his red card and it's, it's been tough, you know. Like he's, he's, what's he, he's our top scorer. And, and he brings a lot more than that brings a lot more than goals you know and so it's been difficult without him but we'll, we'll go Saturday and, and then after that then he'll be back in the side and and then we'll look a lot stronger again I think On the other side of the coin you're going to be without suspended Patrick Bauer 
on Saturday. That's another blow for you and disrupting the side. Yeah, but it's it's one of them things. It happens, you know. Um, the fella rolled him, pulled him down. Second year the card, it happens. It happens every week. People get booked and sent off for them them type of fouls. So, um, but yeah, he's going to be a miss because the the back four of have done done well recently so uh, yeah he's definitely going to be a miss for us but we have Christian and, and Christian can easily slot in there so uh, yeah but we'll, we'll be fine I'm sure Sounds as though you've earmarked him already for that job Yeah he's the only one <laughs> so it wasn't difficult uh, but that's that's the, the luxury we have with bringing in Christian you know um, in the summer that someone that can play centre-half and then moved him into midfield as well so he can do both roles so um, it's just good for us that because we've been playing in midfield he's fit and ready and and, and, and strong for Saturday um, What's the latest on Joe Arebo? I gather he's quite close now Yeah he had a bit of a setback last week had an injection on Friday his knee reacted badly to the injection on Friday uh, over the weekend so we was hoping that he was going to be in the squad this weekend. Um, but that isn't the case. So we've had to take a step back on him. But hopefully, uh, this is the second week I'm saying it, but hopefully he'll be ready for next weekend. So, uh, but yeah, he's, he, again, he's been a big miss for us. I'm big Valley favourite. Chris Powell returns to the club on Saturday. Uh, fans loved him. Do you think there'll be divided loyalties there? Um, no, Chris done well. Uh, obviously, a player here like I was, and, and he done a good job as manager. So, uh, mate, he deserves plaudits like that. I agree with that. Um, whenever someone does well for a football club, they deserve recognition for it, and, and he's no different. So, it'd be good. I know Chris. I played with him as well. So, uh, it'd be good. And uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he, he gets the cheer he deserves. There we go, Lebo, you're making sure that Chong fans will give a good reception to Chris Powell, though I'm sure they need no invitation to do that when he returns to the Valley on Saturday. A couple of, uh, well, I was going to say headaches in terms of team selection, but in one case it pretty much picks itself, uh, looking at the defence with uh, with Patrick Bauer obviously suspended for one game after his second yellow card. Got him sent off up at Fleetwood on Saturday. Uh, we've got Christian Billick as a ready-made replacement. And in my opinion, Tom, I think Billick's going back into his better position there. <laughs> Sounds like perhaps that's going to happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he can play either, to be fair. I think what, what him playing at the back does is allow somebody else to come in and play at the base of the diamond. And then you've got two of those creative players there. It's kind of like when you've got Naby at centre-back and Billick ahead of him, but... I think with Billick and say a Cullen, there's so much creativity and hard work in that position that then it allows those players in front to just do that little bit more. And I saw someone post a clip of like Billick's January highlights somewhere. I was watching them on Twitter the other day, and you like he's such a good player and he's he's so vital to this team. And um, I remember, did he play base of the diamond against Southend there and got the goal yeah, um, did, that yeah. won the game late on? That was obviously early on in his time with us, but he's just gone from strength to strength and. Yeah, it's good that we've got someone like that that can come in when we're missing, obviously, Bauer and Pierce, who from the start of the season would have been our, our nailed-on two mm. centre-backs. So then, obviously, that leaves some uh, gaps to be plugged in the midfield. So we're we're thinking Cullen can play at the base of that diamond, so that's probably where he's going to go with that, and therefore it leaves the, the actual 
centre of the diamond, assuming he is going to play the diamond, up for grabs still. Because uh, last mm. week he didn't start with the diamond, same as at, um, Peterborough, but he did revert to it. So I assume, I reckon he'll start with it this Saturday. Yeah, I, 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 I can imagine he will. Um, it'd be interesting how Pat, I mean, because I know Nick was saying he might go with three at the back. So whether or not, He'll put Prattley at the bottom and then you can sort of switch into a three if need be. But yeah, I think Cullen let him play. Because I would imagine they're going to sit quite deep south end. So you're going to need, mm. he's going to pick up the ball deep position and try and build the play. Um, I'd, I'd play Reeves and um, Prattley or Lapsley. I, I'd, I'd probably go for Prattley at the moment. Was saying Fossil on the bench at the moment, do you reckon? I, I would play Fossil, but I know Tom would disagree. I would start him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, because he's not been brilliant this season. I just fancy him at some point, he's going to have a good game. Mm. And uh, I quite like Reeves coming off the bench as well. I think he's been quite decent off the bench, so I'd probably put Fosu in to start. Fosu might be a little bit fired up as well, because we, we were joking yeah. about the ruckus earlier. But he, he was you know, unfairly hacked to the floor, obviously reacted with the, the headbutt, which uh, mm. you know, by the book you probably Fra- should, frowned upon. Pro- probably shouldn't have done it. <laughs> so so he, might, he, might, he might feel like he's got one and to I sort of get over on him. He's just one of them players that, you started more and more. You're starting to yeah. see little glimpses of that player coming back, and like Nash just said, there on his day, you know he can do it. And and we're so short of goals at the moment. I think it's worth a, a risk myself. Mm. I just think sometimes he frustrates me sometimes with his back to goal. Yeah. He's yeah. too slow sometimes in releasing the ball when he's got his back to goal. Mm. He needs to be going forwards a lot more. He seems to he seems to be picking the ball up from deeper positions, which I don't really like. But. Well, on Saturday, a couple of times up at Fleetwood, he, he had the ball outside the area and actually worked space for a shot. I mean, his finishes weren't great. I think one of them. Uh, went quite far wide and, and high as well. But you can you can see he's still got that, that eye for goal, that taste to, to get in. I mean, we, we forget that spectacular strike he scored against Gillingham here at the Valley just before Christmas as well. Yeah, so it's not like he's done nothing this season. And he's obviously had his injury and we've had other players that have been playing in his position. So he's had to be patient. But when he's come on, he, he hasn't quite done enough. And I think he'd probably admit that himself. And I don't know if we ever really expected him to hit the heights that he did last season because that was just exceptional from him. But you want him to get somewhere close to that. And like I said, I just think he has got that in him. And it's just one of them little one of them little feelings I've got that maybe if we put him in Saturday, he could grab a goal. Mm. But watch him start and get sent off after two minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, head, head someone. <laughs> Imagine if he just went around and headbutted every single one of them because he couldn't remember who he got to fight in last yeah. time. Uh, right, Sarah Saunders tweets in, just a quick question. I'm pretty sure that after the Fleetwood game, Lee Bowyer said we got what we deserved, which was nothing. But today he said that the players gave everything. Which one was it? Yeah, I did notice that he did uh, change his tune slightly in the press day. Maybe it's a sort of a motivational thing or something or maybe he just forgot how we played last week or something. But yeah, he did. he did sort of say... Uh, today at one point I think he, he said that yeah, we unless you I guess you could you could argue giving everything and not playing well aren't really the same thing are they because hmm. I don't think anyone there was a lack of effort last week there was just a lack of quality perhaps or a lack of yeah a gen- generally a lack of a good hmm. performance that, that cost us last week maybe right um, one of the areas of course where we were, were struggling last week was up front uh, Rico Hackett Fairchild made his first league start on his own up top uh, in, at the start of the second half uh, or five or ten minutes into it Josh Parker came on we went to the two up top with the dime in the midfield um, which I, I think he's probably going to go for but then it's the personnel that fills in so we're looking at Igor is he fit enough to, to start a game we're not sure uh, we're looking at Parker he's played He's played for a week now he's not exactly been out of match practice because he's played a fair bit for Gillingham this season um, and you're looking of course at Rico Hackett Fairchild who as, as we've said struggled or he could even play like the likes of Tariq Fosu up there if you had to so you know apart from the Naby Sar suggestion which we go for every week I mean which way do you see that going Nath? Um 
That's, I think he's got option. I think it could be a possibility that puts Fosu up there. Um, I think if he does put him up there, I would imagine. I would. I'd imagine he play Parker up top after Rico. I don't. You know, you said you said he weren't that great. Um, which you know he's not had a lot of game time. But Parker starting up through the middle. Fosu could start either side. He can sort of drag out wide. Uh, going the channels, try and pull their wing backs backwards. But I, I, I can see. Like, I reckon he'll probably go with um, Rico and Parker personally. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a bad thing if if Fosu started up top because you know he's got the pace, and I think that's yeah. what we lack. Well, if Rico does start as well, you know, in front of a home crowd, he might feel a little yeah. bit more comfortable. He might have the the monkey off his back of having played now last mm. week and started, so you know, he w- would feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and I've only seen the highlights from last week. I wasn't there, but they kind of told me enough. I don't think he had a very good game. And from the sounds of the show on Sunday, everyone pretty much said the same. But it's it's harsh on someone to say that because he's so young and it's his first game and he wouldn't have expected to be thrown in like that. Um, I remember him coming on against Plymouth last season, early on last season. And uh, he actually looked all right for the, the 10 minutes or so he got there. So, you know, he's got it in him. Like Nave said the other week, he, he just is a bit raw like Carlin was back when we first played him. So... Personally, I'd rather not start him. Um, and it's no discredit to him. It's just that he's young and, and we need to be careful with him. Um, I'd go with, with Fosu and, mm. and Parker myself. Right, 10 seconds each. What's your predictions, Tom? First up? 2-0 uh, Charlton. 2-0 Charlton. Who's going to get the goals? Uh, I think Parker and Fosu. Nice. Knife? 1-1. Uh, 1-1, one, one. One, one, yeah. Charlton goal? Uh, Josh Taylor. Josh, Josh Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> that, makes no, that makes no sense to anyone who hasn't heard the full press oh, yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Nabs. Nabs, yeah? yeah, excellent. Josh Taylor was inadvertently mentioned in the uh, press day today, despite not existing. Uh, but that we edited that out for the sake of it. Right, we've run out of time here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. Thank you uh, for listening all the way to the end as we look ahead to Saturday's home game with uh, South End. Tom, thanks for coming in. Cheers, mate. Nathan, turning up late and swearing. You can f- <laughs> can't you? Uh, so yeah, so thanks to the pair of you. Uh, I've been Louis Mendez. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's show. We'll be back here on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens against South End. We'll see you later. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.